This is Van Electric Ghost, and this episode on Anchor FM, our latest repost by SoundCloud releases, Spotify playlist, Neverwhere. Now, we um, have been working with indie labels, but we've decided to take advantage of the SoundCloud program for their, uh, you know, Spotify uh, premier members to be able to be part of their repost by SoundCloud um, program which allows you to actually get on all the um, streaming services and be part of um, official playlist um, on Spotify and on um, SoundCloud. And the cool thing about this is there's so many um, not legitimate playlist pictures and bot pictures on the net that ask you for money uh, and you don't know if you're really going to get nothing but but fake um, uh, members, like auto-generated, you know, not real bot followers. Uh, In this program, you're actually going to get organic, real uh, listeners. And so we decided um, we like the transparency. We like the control over our music and owning the, the rights to our music and be able to see where it goes and be accurately assess the, um, what's going on and actually get a good accounting. So we felt that this was a better way as an indie artist to go. So all future releases, except for um, one release coming out on Motorhead's records, is going to be through this um, repost by SoundCloud program. We had a bunch of songs here. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of songs. Uh, one of the oldest songs on this list is, is a song that we like a lot is um, a song that we wrote for the Dark Ghost album that we never put out uh, called If Love Has No Ceiling, Why Is My Heart on the Floor? And that was one of our first experiments um, with the Morphogene sampler. Uh, And that is a Eurorack sampler from uh, Make Noise. And we used it to create um, what we call in the ditch type of sound. And what that means is if you're a fan of Neil Young, Neil Young had a trilogy of records, uh, Time Fades Away, um, and then he had On the Beach, and then he had um, 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 t- uh, the famous album uh, that was kind of like, feels like everything's falling apart, um, and now it escapes me. Um, but the idea, Tonight's the Night. And so that trilogy of records, he called the In the Ditch trilogy, because he had done Harvest and he had done this, this Nashville really tight musicianship with studio musicians, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, well-composed, tightly composed record. And then he went for this kind of loose, uh, almost falling apart, kind of like the Velvet Underground. Uh, it's kind of like the basis of alternative music or the idea that you can do things where it's a little sloppy i don't like to say sloppy but it's not as tight as a as a as a highly composed um record it is purposely um time changes a little a little you know off key hitting the wrong notes but it's got feeling and so the idea with this song was to kind of have this kind of like reckless recording that gives you true feeling and it came from from a relationship that fell apart um and, and Josephine's really, you know, hurting. You can kind of feel the hurt, and it's got this really 
haunting ghost sound, which was the whole idea of dark ghost record, was to have this kind of dark ghost feel where you can hear the ghost and you actually hear the phantom and it's kind of moaning backwards tape capability that we got from the morphogen. It's a track that we've always wanted to release and we finally released it here. Uh, it will probably come out in a full Dark Ghost Volume 1 collection that we wanted to put out a long time ago. We'll probably put that configuration out. Uh, we are focusing on a brand new record that's going to come out in August called The Flower Underground, which focuses on our new capabilities with our modes. Uh, since we've got our Moog Grandmother, Moog DFAM, and a Moog uh, Mother 32. <clears throat> so that's where that song comes from. And then the song Neverwhere is an experimentation uh, on the Grandmother that we were able to play with the ability on the Grandmother to do um, you know, almost like um, ARP 2600 type of modulation. You can, you can do a lot of cool things with the envelope generator, and you can do a lot of the cool things with um, the, the ability to do um, uh, what's really cool is um, the sample and hold unit allows you to do random voltage. And if you take advantage of that with the envelopes on this machine, you can do uh, a lot of things that sound similar to what you can do on a 2600, which when we get into that random voltage and envelope following and things like that, you get into sounds that sound like, you know, R2D2 type sounds, sounds that you would be uh, familiar with on like um, uh, Who's Next, uh, Barbara O'Reilly, or uh, Who Are You, the song Who Are You, where you hear, hear this interval kind of um, sequencing. And the sequence is not actually a sequence. It's actually using um, the, the sample and hold circuit and envelope followers to do uh a, a clip, an analog clip. So this song has that analog nature, and then we're also using a kind of phasing in and out of using the MX1 performance mixer to do what that machine can do is actual um, effect sequencing. There are 16 steps on this mixer that allow you to apply a different effect to every step. And we basically use that to get the phantom's voice to kind of phase in and out on top of the fact that we're using um, the, the sample and hold on the grandmother and we get this kind of really interesting sound. It's got some West Coast nature to it because we're able to do some FM synthesis on this machine. Uh, and we get some very nice plucking and um, kind of um, string type sounds uh, that are very interesting on this song. We really appreciate it. Then the song Peach Blonde Miniskirt, Bear Midriff Blues, was well, just a romp that Josephine is then ta again talking about the same verse, and that's from the song um, If Love Has No Ceiling. She's kind of focusing on her her mini skirt, her peach mini skirt with the bare midriff uh, um, as um, <laughs> overtones. And, and she's just getting totally caught up in the sensuality of this partner and in the kind of... Um, you know, pining and, you know, wanting for this, this woman. And she's just enthralled with her, but she knows she can't have her. And there's this, uh, you know, typical thing that Josephine gets into where she, she, um, he writes a song about her love interest. And it's another song about one of her, her lovers and a love gone bad. Then Broken Hearted Tool 
continues um, that, that theme. It's got similar capabilities within our analog sense, but Lude Dudes We Like a Lot is, this, is, 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 a, is another kind of romp with these analog uh, instruments, which we appreciate using um, our modes because every time we approach them, we find different ways to use them. And since we have these modular gear, sometimes we have, you know, the LFOs from one hardware sense drive another one. We use um, the sampler to drive a rhythm. We use the, the, the drum machine, the DFAM, to drive something in the grandmother or something in the, in the grandmother drives something in the Mother 32. Or even our mass utility module have the LFOs, have used, used those additional LFOs. Um, we also have a teenager during OPZ that we use from time to time to flourish things, and we use that on our songs. So we hope that, um, that you can see that there are support buttons for PEG for Phantom Electric Ghost. You can support us on a monthly basis through Anchor FM. We also have the ability for you to support us through PayPal Me. You can do a one-time donation there. Uh, we would encourage everyone who listens to us to appreciate what we're doing, to think about like artists you know, and musicians. We don't really get paid a lot right now in this time from our current um, distribution networks. It takes two months to like four months to six months to get paid for streams. If you want to help the artist right now in our situation, please uh, feel free to use the PayPal Me uh, link. You can um, um, you can pretty much support us with any amount there, one-time payment. It's actually very helpful to artists like ourselves. Again, if you appreciate music, uh, we would appreciate you doing that. That would be very helpful. We do interview indie artists for free, and uh, we take the time to do these shows and hope that you appreciate it. We do have 23,000 fans. If we had one, every fan give us 50 cents or a dollar, we've been pretty good. You know, So if you think about that, just take the time. If you take the time to listen to an episode, please um, uh, hit hit that button. And uh, again, we were looking at a lot of things out there in terms of uh, instruments that we would want coming in the future. And when it all comes down, since we're our producer, that you know the really, maybe not the best bang for the buck, but one of the best synthesizers out there if you're a producer is the Roland Phantom and the Phantom Seven with 71 key keyboard, uh, it's got analog filters, it's got the Zencore engine, which replicates analog behavioral modeling, it's got a very cool sequencer, the TR sequencer, it's got the ability to do clips, it's got the ability to do full production with your DAW, um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's got full polyphony on the RD piano, which means unlimited polyphony, and ability to model real pianos, and if you're a producer, the piano is like a guitar. It is your writing tool. And a lot of times we'll put down tracks before we turn them into synth heavy tracks. We'll start work something out on a piano on our Roland Juno GI. And the RD piano is far superior than what we have on our Roland Juno GI. You can set the lid. You can tune each note. Uh, you can do a lot of really cool things. Um, and so if you're a songwriter, a machine like that is similar to what you could do um, with, with, with the Korg workstations or the Yamaha workstations, but the Roland seems to have an advantage and it's got a really, um, easy workflow. It's very clear what you're doing. Uh, you don't have to dive into a lot of menus. Uh, there are menus to dive into, but it's got multiple ways to get to things with sliders and buttons, which a Roland has come to their senses, uh, since the system eight and a lot of their sense are becoming non-perfunction 
which is really good a good sign. You know, with the sign with the Jupiter X coming back is that knob for function is what people want. The other scent that you would look into that if you really want something that's uh, moving forward is the binaural uh, oscillator of, of the uh, UDO Super 6. However, the Super 6, I would say if you look at that, you would probably like a Jupiter X, a Super 6, and a, a Rev 2 are really cool scents for polysense that have analog capabilities. I think the UDO is forward thinking and it's got the binaural uh, architecture to be able to have like this like six voice super synth sounds like, you know, kind of like the, 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 the super saw from Roland. And it's got the structure of a Jupiter, but it's forward thinking because the binaural nature and then the analog uh, filter system. It does have digital oscillators, but it's FGPA, which is similar to what uh, we get on the Roland analog behavioral modeling or the Zencore, the ability to model sounds um, to get the things in the wavetable synthesis as well. So I think the UDO, if you already have a workstation, it's a good choice to get a Google Polysynth. But the other synth that will never do you wrong since we have a grandmother, if you're really an old school synthesis and you want something super interesting and very powerful and it'll probably be a classic, something that's going to be worth a lot of money in the future is the matriarch, uh, which, you know, we have a grandmother. We weren't able to get the matriarch. We wanted one. We kind of wanted the spring reverb in the grandmother, which is worth you know, the price of entry, but the digital, uh, well, the, the analog delay and the fact that it's a poly, um, well, it's um, not polyphonic, but it's, um, it's 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 a um, uh, what do you call it? Um, <clears throat> poly D. Uh, it's it's not polyphonic. It's paraphonic. It's a paraphonic thing where you can play four notes at once, and you have four oscillators instead of three. And actually, the LFO makes you have like five oscillators. So it is a, it is a beast of a machine. If you can't afford the seven thousand nine thousand dollar one, it is probably one of the best since Moog's ever made since since you had the Voyager. Um, it's a, it's a real beast of a machine that gives you everything you need as a song, sound designer to, uh, it's been compared to the ARP 2600 in terms of its modulation capabilities because it has so much different, many different overrides and a lot of deep dive things that you can do under the covers with a computer. Um, there's a lot of control over this machine, even more so than the grandmother, it is an amazing synth. It has a lot of power. It has really good tone. It will, it will give you a big edge uh, as a lead instrument. And the cool thing about it, because everything's not per function at, a, at, at the nth degree. And I've used my grandmother. I mean, the grandmother, one of the coolest things I've found in the last couple months playing the grandmother is that every knob on the, on the machine is like a musical um, instrument's uh, uh, technique. Like you can use like every knob, then when you're doing a solo, you can use um, the auto pitch to make modulation that's like bending the pitch wheel. You can use the modulation wheel. You can use the FM synthesis. You can use the resonance. You can use the spring reverb. And and you can use them to taste and you can make your solos, you know, Keith Emerson-like or Rick Wakeman-like, not just using the bent, the, the pitch bender or the modulation wheel, but you can use all the aspects of the surface controls. And it gives you something you can't do 
on soft synth with a MIDI controller. You just can't do that unless you go and set up a bunch of pedals to do it. And you still don't have the intuitive nature of seeing, okay, I'm actually using the cutoff, I'm using the resonance, I'm using the spring reverb, and it's right there on the surface while you play it. And there's nothing like that when you have an analog synth. And it's very clear cut. You know, it's not a lot of multiple settings for these dials, so you know exactly what you're doing. Um, and so you can override things and use the attend inverters to create new relationships on how what you're going to do. And that's probably one of the coolest things is the attend inverters. And there's more of them on a, on a matriarch than on a grandmother. So I would have, it's, it's, that is a really good choice if you're looking at something. But you're still in subtractive synthesis. But even on the UDO, you're in a subtractive synthesis mode. So you're not getting into additive synthesis as much. Um, but again, uh, if you want to be a if you're a composer, the the Phantom is a great machine, and it's got full integration with DAWs. It sends a full stereo audio, sixteen tracks of stereo audio, right into your DAW or your recording solution, and that you know we would put it right into our Zoom R24. And we could have like 16 tracks going to one track. They're already mixed. And we can then have another 16 tracks of 16 tracks on each one. You know, we, we actually have 24 tracks. So 16 tracks on one set of stereo tracks. So we could have, you know, eight times 16. That's how many tracks we could do on our Zoom with, with, a, with a Phantom. Um, and that's probably how we would do it rather than going into a DAW. So we were looking into the DAW, but we really like using the Zoom because we, we just like the ability to just go in and do what we want and not have to use a grid. We just punch in, punch out. You know, if we're at minute 1.42, we just put a placeholder there and boom, go into it and record that way. Um, it's kind of what, you know, you don't have the grid for, to say like a full grid. You just have a single grid at, at one time. It's hard to, you know, you can't split everything out. Like you cannot draw and you know, you're making a hard fan or you're making it hard on yourself. But we think that limitation makes our music sound uh, quite different than anyone else. If you listen to us and we don't want to be blowing our own horn, but we don't really sound like anybody else. Um, so that if you think about if you want to make a unique sound uh, using certain tools like analog sense, modular sense and using a hardware workflow and a hardware recording tool rather than a DAW, will make you sound a lot different than anybody else and actually sound a little more indie, a little more lo-fi. You're trying to get that authenticity. And we've always stressed that we like the punk aesthetic. We love bands like Who's Could Do and the replacements. And we like, you know, the SST version of um, uh, the, the, the Who's Could Do or before the replacements signed, we like what they used to do on their own record, on their very small indie record label. There's something about, you know, an album like Tim or Let It Be versus, um, you know, All Shook Down. There, there's, a, there's a kind of credibility in that lo-fi setting. If, if you go back to R.E.M. and their IRS records, there's something about Murmur. Uh, there's something about The Reckoning that's different than the later day R.E.M. records. Uh, it has this authenticity. It's got kind of that punk aesthetic. And sometimes that lo-fi recording is honest, you know, and it's something that you want in music. And if we feel, after talking to a lot of the bands we've been talking to, we feel there's there's a there's a, a real pent-up need for honesty and realism in music and not just having perfect tracks. 
and not to put down all the DJs out there, but when you just construct things in in a DAW, and it's kind of you know very uh, technical, very robotic, uh, and maybe perfect sounding, but it doesn't sound like Bleach. It doesn't sound like Zen Arcade. It doesn't sound like Nevermind the Bollocks. It doesn't sound like the example we gave of Tonight's the Night. You could never do an album like Tonight's the Night on a DAW. And some people ought to think about that when they're writing music, that if you want to have that kind of realism, you kind of got to go back to tape or at least use a digital recorder and do things live. Um, and maybe not concentrating on what the computer is telling you on beat correction and pitch correction and uh, uh, scale correction. Go with what your heart tells you rather than what the computer tells you. That's our little lesson for today. We'll talk to you later. It's Fam Like the Ghost signing off. Again, please check out the funding options on our program, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah.
show me. 